This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. G'day and welcome to Battle of Two Metal, Metalheads Radio. This week we're lucky enough to have a whole lot of interviews. Uh, so first off we're going to talk to Andrew from the band Comeback Kid uh, But before we have the interview, first off we're going to have a track, Heavy Steps And then we'll get straight into the interview Yeah! 
G'day, we're talking with Andrew from the band Comeback Kid. They're about to release their newest album on the 28th of January. That's only a few days down here in New Zealand. Uh, Heavy Steps. You must be absolutely amped to have this one out. Andrew? Oh, my friend. You know what? It's crazy. The record's actually out already. It was out on the 21st. So we're buzzing right now, yeah. It's been out since Friday, and we're so excited. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. So I'm about a week late. Um, so you did um, f- four singles for it so far, and you made some videos for it and all that sort of thing. How hard was that in this uh, present climate? I mean, what's it like over there in Canada with the COVID situation? You know, they opened up, and then they closed. Right now it's, like, closed again, where it's, like, can't even, like, eat inside at restaurants. And it's, it's a snowstorm here anyway, so it's kind of <laughs> uh, not ideal. Uh, yeah. But what we we had to just over the last six months, we just had to go to the, the states, and we went to the UK, um, and we just did a few like American tours. We just had to like pivot, and because I knew that Canada was going to be closed this whole time, so we just went to the states and and um, kind of played that card. And now you know we're supposed to be in Europe right now, but uh, that had to get cancelled. And so you know we we'll just pivot away and you know try to. Uh, the next thing on the docket is, well, I think we're, we're going to be playing Canada in March, and the plan, as says the government, is that they're opening up by then. So, you know, we're just kind of crossing our fingers, and we'll we'll keep on uh, rescheduling if we have to, you know. Awesome, mate. Oh, well, good luck with that, man. I know it's really tough times out there with that. Um, for the, the first two videos you released, there was, there was a bit of a story in there. Um do you guys get to be involved in the in the creation of these video stories, or is this just something that somebody comes to you and says, oh, we've got this idea here for you, we've listened to the song. How does that work with you guys? That one, actually, it was a director's idea to, 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 um, to put the two songs together. When I sent him kind of like a few singles that I thought, and he, he kind of came up with the idea to do No Easy Way Out first, which is a uh, video of, uh, you know, uh, this this kid this crazy kidnapper chasing us in a forest yeah. and he, he captures each of us and then the second video is for the song Heavy Steps what that kidnapper did is he kidnapped us so, so that we would he's a crazy dad and he wants us to play his kid's birthday party so <laughs> it was just like a funny like thing like you know we're, we're we don't take ourselves too seriously and, uh, it was a funny concept and we worked with him on it and like discussed the storyline and you know we had some back and forth um, and then the last video that we did was like a, uh, a green, like, or the, sorry, the, the third video we did for the song called Crossed, we just did that on green screen, but like, we recorded some stuff in Quebec, and then our drummer couldn't make it, so we recorded him and, uh, videoed him in Vancouver, and then I sent it to Germany to get edited, so it's a collaboration of all these kind of different things. It's fun to put these projects together, especially like, nowadays it's like, the visuals are so important for being in a band and yep. it's not something that we like have like a budget to do all the time but like now we do so it's been fun to put all these like little videos together and and uh and finally have them come out now well that's the thing i mean and, and videos are especially important at the moment i guess with uh, the bands not getting to tour so much and everything so i mean you're having to come up with uh, fresh ideas of how to uh, a market your albums and, and b keep it fresh for everybody especially with that is social media and that's crazy as hell exactly yeah it's, it's, it's funny to come back here uh, we've been a band for quite a while and 
you know, we put a record out every like four years or something, and every time we do a record, it's always really, really different. Yeah. The, 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 the climate and the, the landscape has changed every time. So, you know, we just roll with it. And, uh, you know, I, luckily, like, I'm not like, like living under a rock. Like, I, I'm pretty up to date with a lot of things. But, uh, you know, you see some bands that, like, aren't really used to it. And it's kind of, like, pretty funny sometimes <laughs> yeah, it, is. Yeah, yeah, it can be chaos eh? um, but yeah I mean it's a completely uh, completely changing climate for, for bands and every and artists at the moment you know, has, how hard has it been for you guys over there I mean like you see you've, you've been able to get out a few tours and all that but I mean has it been the whole time like that or is that just something you've been able to do in the last six months or something only the last six months but honestly like Right when the pandemic hit, we had like tours booked in Southeast Asia. We were going to go play a fest with Slipknot in Indonesia and play the Philippines and all these great places. And then we had all these great plans. And, uh, you know, this, pro- this record probably would have taken even longer if we did all those tours. So at least like when this hit, like the one silver lining is like, that's when we're like, okay, let's focus on this. So it kind of gave us like a project. And like we weren't like sitting around twiddling our thumbs during this whole like pandemic, we kind of we're kind of coming out of it with like up with a ba- with a baby, you know. We yeah. got a, and our drummer just had a baby too, so there's you know multiple babies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant, mate! And that's it. I mean, dude, the world needs music more than anything right now. You know, I mean, we've, we, it's been a long bloody pandemic for for the globe, and and we've been extremely down lucky down here in New Zealand. I mean, we have to be extremely grateful. But um, for you guys over there, I mean, it's been some tough times. You know, and we need music more than anything. And, and I mean, that is a silver lining. A lot of bands have been working away on albums, and we're just starting to see some of the fruits of it. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, I think there's so much amazing music coming out right now. It's a really exciting time to be playing shows. And, you know, just because this tour right now currently is canceled doesn't mean, like, I'm not going to have a great year, you know? Yeah. It's just about being a little bit smarter with it. And I feel bad for, like, I mean, I don't know. I think you guys are, like, gravy there, but... You know, you're so far from everywhere else. At least, like, at least I can kind of jump across the border. It takes you guys like yep. <laughs> eight hours to get anywhere, right? <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> no, no, we're very, very lucky down here. So, um, could you tell us a little bit about the writing and recording process that you guys went through this time? Was I mean, was there much different with the way things worked? Kind of, but it's just, again, it's just like different but kind of just be it's like a sign of the times you know we all live in different cities so obviously we're going to be sending tracks to one another like right now i'm in my room uh doing this interview with you and i would just like sit my like our guitar player from vancouver would send me a track he's working on obviously you know big drums and whatever he just records at his house i'm in toronto and then i'll like like lay down like just like a pattern uh, like a melody or just something you know it doesn't even have to be words it's just like blah 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 and then send it back to him like, oh that's cool or ah, I don't know so we you know just at least before we were able to like meet up in a room we could at least like, get a vibe on each other and like kind of come to the first track like when we were actually finally able to meet up in Winnipeg which is like the middle ground between Vancouver and Toronto that's where the band's like truly based um that's when we were able to, we were like, we were, we had like informed rehearsals, you know, we kind of came and we kind of knew what each other's songs were 
and we're able to kind of not come into it like so blind. So, but again, this, this, is, this is how it's done these days. So, uh, I don't love, I don't love the, the, you know, the over email, uh, style, but you know, we, we have to do it. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, sometimes the, the needs have to, you know, uh, be met that way, you know, and, the, and in these times it's very difficult for I mean, people I, to be together. It's just like having like a long, someone you're flirting with long distance. It's like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, mate, that's epic. <laughs> that's right, eh? I mean, and that must be the fun part is you, you'd get excited while sitting there listening to it and they're sitting on the other end not knowing what your reaction is, unless they're watching it over Zoom or something. But <laughs> it could have been, oh, Exactly, exactly. Going down exactly. a rotten path there. <laughs> oh, mate, that's absolutely epic. Totally. So, um, for yourself and, and writing lyrics and all that sort of stuff, um, what sort of uh, inspiration did you take this time around? I mean, was there anything that you really wanted to say that you thought was important um, throughout the whole album, or is there just, what was the lyrical content? How did you come up with that this time around? Yeah, you know, every song's different, um, but I think you can really hear the desperation in this record. I was desperate to get through some of the uh, things that I was going through in my life and some of the situations that I've got myself into. Um, so I was really desperate for answers and a way out, and I think you could hear that in the lyrics. Um, you know, one special moment on the record, I will say, just because I'm, I'm speaking to someone uh, down under and, you know, Austra- I'm doing some like Australian press today and you're here in New Zealand but um, my friend uh, SK from uh, he, he used to play in a band you know, he didn't end like when he passed away but uh, he played in the band D's Nuts and he, he passed uh, while we were recording our record and while we were writing a song called Everything Relates um, that's when I got the news and so we were able to kind of like you know put him like I, I was able to start talking about him on the song because the things that I was talking about, I felt like he could relate to. And you know, when someone dies, it's like you find little things. Oh, I feel like he's talking to me. He's trying to he's trying to say something, uh, and you kind of like kind of jo- join these connections together. Sometimes yeah. you make can, you know you you romanticize those connections. <laughs> and uh, I was able to like we, we were working on one song, and I realized, oh shit, like the first song from Binge and Purgatory, the D's Nuts record. He never, this guy never wrote riffs, but like the one riff that he like, one riff that he like, I remember him writing was the intro for the, for the Binge and Purgatory record. And I was like, oh yeah, that riff, I could like change the key and we can make that the final chorus of this already written chorus. So I, I was, it's just like, oh, I feel like he's talking to me again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of the, that, that's, that, that was a special, like a really, really, really cool moment. Um, you know, we felt like he was, you know, in touch with us uh, after he had passed, and you know whether that's, uh, you know, romanticizing it or whatever. It is what it is, you know. And and we loved him, and we just wanted to honor him with that song. So. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, and and you talked there briefly about uh, feeling the desperation in, in your lyrics and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean. There's got to be hope in that, and, and, and that's what that's all about, isn't it? That being able to express those feelings. I mean, that must help you 
and be cathartic and all that sort of thing for your own personal journey is, is that what happens for you through the writing you for your lyrics etc 100% I mean at least um, when you have other people listening to your music maybe you can get a budget to record the music yeah. um, but really like I would I'm, I, it may not be as good quality if no one else listened to it but I'm gonna make like this this record I would have made with or without anyone else like I'm definitely doing it selfishly as well and I you know sometimes when I write music I consider it like a present to your tears like I, it's carried me like it's been it's been in the bag for a while but it's kind of carried me throughout uh, the last days of this pandemic and just like reflecting on it listening to it before it's coming out but also making it so I do it I do it for myself as well like I, I it's something that we kind of needed to do. Yeah. Well, well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, this is your expression. And then, I mean, if you're extremely lucky, and I, I think that you guys are lucky enough that people understand um, what you guys are saying and they identify with it. And that's the beauty of music, and especially for heavy music. I mean, I because mean, we all feel these dark feelings, and, and heavy music is so good at being able to reflect that. Um, and express that and and I mean that's a lot of what um, metal and hardcore and all that's about is being able to release that um, feelings in a hopefully non-violent way 100% yeah it's uh, it's all we got right now it's all I got right now <laughs> you know I'm going with it oh mate that's absolutely brilliant mate and we're extremely lucky that we get to be able to hear that <laughs> so thank you so, um, Appreciate it, man. oh, no, no worries, mate. Absolutely pleasure. And, and yeah, I mean, for us as fans, that's what we sort of enjoy and, and appreciate and finding other bands that we can identify with how we feel. I mean, there's such dark times at the moment with all this bloody pandemic and everything. People need that hope and, and some way to, to feel that there's going to be a way out eventually, hopefully. <laughs> it's so crazy. And I mean, if it's not, if it's not you dealing with it, it's someone you love dealing with it and you know sometimes we take these burdens on ourselves uh with the people we love so there's a there's a lot of, it's a lot you know oh that's that's it's absolutely crazy so um touching on that a little bit kind of but um what was your f- favorite song or the song that you're most proud of off this album Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, so we talked off briefly about being able to tour and all that at the start of the the interview, but um, you guys able to do a release show, and um, have you got much touring lined up for the next bit, or is it still on the pan? I can't remember whether you answered that before, sorry. 100%. Uh, like, I get, I, like I said, we're supposed to be in Europe now, but uh, starting in March, it's like the rest of the year is booked, so we're going to... Uh, do Canada and US and then hopefully Europe Europe festivals 
and uh, and then the rest of the year is pretty much all kind of booked up with more um, America and you and Europe stuff. So it's, it's all on the docket, but you know, yeah. who knows what we'll have to cancel? We we all got COVID at the end of our uh, last tour. Uh, oh man! We, we had to cancel Portland and Seattle, and we we were stuck over Christmas and like. Uh, we could like go back to Canada, so we just had like a, we had a, a great year, uh, end of the year last year, but then it just kind of all like <laughs> crumbled down on us um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we're all healthy, we're back now, but like yeah, you know we'll play once the restrictions lift in Europe again, uh, in wherever the specific show is booked. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get you down here to Australia, New Zealand again very soon. Hopefully next summer season. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's like it's been talked about. It's been talked about like maybe a, a early 2023 thing. Oh, mate, that would be absolutely fantastic. And in, in, in reality, that's where it's looking for for us down here. We're not really getting much coming in. I mean, they're talking a few shows, but they keep on getting cancelled. So it's it's really touch and go. Yeah, definitely. We just got to pivot. <laughs> yeah. That's it, buddy. So, um, just briefly touching on um, the change of strategy because of COVID and all that sort of thing, how important is it for stuff like putting out um, different formats and different variants and, and all that sort of stuff when it comes around release time? I mean, because it must be so difficult not being able to get out there and tour as much as you would like and, and things like that. Yeah, um, that's kind of a funny one. You know, we have, like, I think, 12 different variants for this record that we're putting out now you know we have a American sorry we have a Canadian label and then we have a rest of the world label so we have a nuclear blast in like the world and then in Canada we have a label called New Damage and nuclear blast has like I think I want to say five different colors we have a couple touring ones and then they got a retail one and then their online one um, and then we have like three different versions in Canada and then um, then a few different like friends labels have like done their own variant which is like you know they do like 300 each of you know. so it's just a way to like if someone like we've had some friends want to get involved so it's just a cool way for people to get involved and they can have their own variant they can sell it themselves and we try to promote it all from our band accounts and stuff but you know there's a lot of different I hope I get all the colors I'm not really like a collector myself so I don't even know if I'll see all the I, I the record's been out and people have it, and I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> oh, mate, that's crazy. I mean, I'm not a huge collector myself, I'm but it is. Um, I mean, it's really cool to see the different variants and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I like to get just one version, and I, I'm not fussy. I like to open it up and have a listen, rather than there's some people that'll just keep it sealed and put it away. But you know, music's to be listened to. That's what it's there yeah. for. But you know, I'm, I'm a man on the go. I'm a man on the go, so sometimes having uh, too many things, material things holding me back. But that's not to say, these are very, very cool variants, and you guys should all buy them. <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. And welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national, and international news, interviews, and uh, the latest new releases 
brought to you by NPR, Better Two People's Radio. Okay, for this section we were lucky enough to talk to Elias from the band Sonata Arctica, um, and they've just released their newest album, Acoustic Adventures, uh, Volume 1, so we're going to play the uh, track The Rest of the Sun Belongs to Me, uh, before we have the interview with Elias.
Today we're talking with Elias from the band Sonata Arctica. They've just released their newest album, Acoustic Adventures Volume 1, last Friday, I believe. How are you going today, Elias? I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, actually. How are you? Oh, very good, thank yeah. you. How's oh, things good. over in Finland at the moment? Well, um, everything's fine. I've been staying um, healthy and uh, of course this um, situation is what it is and uh, yeah but the weather is like it's started to snow actually <laughs> a few minutes back so uh, it's uh, shuffling the snow again so we're <laughs> getting cold yeah yeah it's quite cold actually N- not too cold maybe yeah yes yeah. normal <laughs> yeah Oh, awesome. Well, we're down here in New Zealand and we're at the end of uh, just sort of summer. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't quite gotten the cold yet. Anyway, um, so anyway, on to this uh, newest album that you guys released. Um, how did it feel to go back and record and rearrange some of these songs um, and, and change them into a, a, a different format? Well, uh, <clears throat> we have been touring. Um, we have had a few acoustic tours in Europe. And we played some shows in Finland as well, um, acoustic, acoustically. So um, we did arrange uh, maybe half of the songs we already had arranged for live situation. And then when we uh, got to the studio, um, we decided to record two albums worth of songs. And uh, we had to, or or we knew that uh, we maybe have a one album already arranged but um, when we went to the studio uh, we just um, started to arrange some of the songs that we never had been played acoustically so um, it was quite fun actually i would say <laughs> because you can do whatever you want <laughs> and uh, to the song but uh, well, I, I, yeah well, it's, it must have been fun being able to uh, sort of might uh, must sort of uh, reinvent the song, I guess, for you in some ways, and you know uh, reignite that, that, that hopefully that flame for playing that song again. Yeah, um, we maybe we had maybe a few weeks time to think about it at home before we were going to the studio, and when we got together, I think um, our ideas were quite similar. And um, but it's a lot, of, a lot of fun. And uh, Tony had arranged a bunch of songs that he made a demos, and then we used some of that stuff and also um, did completely new arrangement on, on some songs. And um, some of them them turn out to be quite different from the original, mm, and some of them. Not, not too much, but yeah, still acoustic song. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. So you said that you went in with um into the studio with like you'd uh, half done, I mean, you'd done half of them, but probably before during different tours and all that previously. But you yeah. had um fresh ones. Could you tell us about going through that process of uh, of how you? Uh, 
Yeah, essentially stripped them back to to become acoustic. I mean, how much mm-hmm. how much heartbreak was there? And um and then going in to record that, could you tell us about the the recording process as well? Yeah, uh, mm, mm, where do I start? Um, of course, we had to think a lot of um, of the chords and you know the keys of the songs and uh, how would they turn out to be great, great, as great as possible uh, performing or recording. So um, I think we changed a lot of keys on those songs from the original. But usually in the studio, we just, um, we we got together. We stayed in the studio for, I think, at least three weeks. And uh, just, we were sleeping in the same room <laughs> together. And um, usually we woke up in the morning and just decided on what song we should try to record and start to throw some ideas and um, on the arrangements. Then usually we recorded one song per day so so that um, we played together and then it was recorded. And then if we weren't totally happy, um, we did it again. But when we got the... Um, drums recorded properly then we listened to it uh, again and then maybe did some overdubs or uh, recorded guitars or bass and piano maybe again and tried something different and um, usually when the the day was over we got um, a new song and and tony then um, sang the songs uh, a little bit later Excellent. So, I mean, it must have been quite refreshing also to be able to, in the middle of the pandemic, go away and, and do that. I mean, how, how was the environment at the time over in Finland when you went away and had your three weeks of being able mm. to record? To, I mean, because it must have been pretty difficult getting together as well. I think it was in May or something like that, maybe April, May 2020. So it was like everything was shut down. <laughs> so we we had time. Yeah to be in the studio so it was perfect timing for this and we could totally focus on the recording yeah well, that's that's awesome man I mean, and that's the hardest thing quite often is getting distracted by things mm-hmm. that are going on in the world and if you can sort of knuckle down that's even better that's yeah. which of the songs did you sort of find that was the hardest to go back and rework or, or was it all relatively easy with the fact that you were all so familiar with music? Well, well, that is a good question. I think, um, mm, I don't know if any song was completely like out of, like difficult or out of the question, but hmm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think we had more fun on the songs that we could completely rearrange it for for instance rest of the sun and for the sake of revenge and uh, yeah but some of the songs maybe the faster songs like um wolf uh yeah that's completely different <laughs> yeah wolf and raven maybe is kind of same than the original one it just um turned to be like acoustic person in our hands, but yeah, I don't know. 
Oh, that's cool. So what was your um, favourite song that you did or, or the, the track that you were most proud of, um, the way it came out? Well, this new, the for, for the sake of revenge, the video of, of it is so uh, great, touchy, moody, uh, everything. It t- turned out to be really great. So I'm really proud of that as a song as well. Hmm. Hmm. Good question. Maybe I would say for the sake of revenge and maybe don't say a word because it's it's so intense, even acoustic, acoustic version of it. That's brilliant. So um, with the, the releasing of it and everything, um, how many of the different formats are you going to be uh, doing? I mean, is vinyl going to be a thing for you guys? And um, are you guys going to be releasing any DVDs or anything to go along with that? Um, yeah, I, th- I think we will have a vinyl as well and CD, of course, and or the digital formats. But I'm, yeah, uh, about the DVD, I would say that, uh, yeah, it's something that we we have been talking about uh, quite a few years. So it would be nice to record uh live DVD at some point, but I don't know if it will be like acoustic or like a normal electric show. Oh, that's cool. So are yeah. you going to be able to go out and do any release shows at this point? Or are you guys going you know, to get out there and, and tour at the moment? I mean, I don't know what it's like over yeah, there in Finland uh, at the moment. So. Right. Yeah. Right now we can't tour, but I think um, we have uh, in Finland, we have uh, one, sh- but it's uh, like a normal, normal show in March, March something. Uh, but I don't know if that will um, ever happen. Let's see and hope for the best. And then, of course, uh, there's um, there's um, because it, we we had an acoustic uh, um, tour coming up with this been rescheduled so many times but right now it's it seems that uh, in the fall this year we are maybe able to tour Europe with acoustic acoustic stuff so let's hope for the best yeah yes exactly I mean it must be so frustrating not being able to get out there on the road I mean do you sort of like um watch other bands i mean like what streams and all that and sit there and yeah i mean how hard is it for you guys at the moment mm. not being able to get out there and play well since it's been almost two or two years so um we've been had some shows in finland and we even had one show in norway we were supporting nightwish so it, it's not completely like um doomed but um yeah, at some point it starts to get on on your nerve or my nerve, and uh, it's. But now it's been so long that I'm really hoping that it, this will soon be over. So there's some hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've been watching through through the states and all that sort of stuff. They seem to be starting to pick up shows and all that are happening again a little bit. 
Um, and it was interesting. I just watched this this, this evening. Um, a ghost. They they performed their first show in Reno tonight, and somebody was live streaming it. And the the crowd was, was surprisingly small, um, and it was like I hope that's not going to be a sign of times to come. You know, yeah. it was like um, uh, hopefully the punters are going to get out there again and not be too scared of the current environment. Yeah, I think um, we had a small tour in Finland this last fall, and it was like fifty fifty. So some of the cities were quite packed but a few of the cities were not too many people and um but i think it, it will be normal again maybe one day hopefully very soon <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully sooner sooner than later <laughs> damn straight mate damn straight so um tying that back into um, what we're talking about originally um you guys have also got a part a volume two um yeah. for this acoustic adventures uh when is that likely to be released is that something that's coming up this year or what sort of time frame are you looking at i mean i've only just released this one but <laughs> yeah and actually i don't know so to speak but i think if not the, this year maybe next year I, I don't have a clue but i think soon uh, at least before we are doing the like um normal uh studio album so yeah well that was what i was going to touch on next was yeah. I mean, have you been writing um in the meantime and uh, i know you've only just released an album but have you guys been working on any new material or anything at the moment well um, i think tony has done some new songs because yeah he had time so uh, i think he has done some demos but we haven't heard of them yet or heard them yet so uh, yeah i think we have some something coming yeah, <laughs> yeah cooking that's what we like to hear do you do much writing yourself and your time off or do you just wait until the until the, the guys are all ready and you go into the writing process i've been doing my own solo album i i I released it uh, last fall as well, and it's on on YouTube and uh, Spotify and everything. So I've been doing that, and now I'm. Um, I think I am in process of doing an instrumental <laughs> acoustic album, and uh, it's, it's going to be just one one guitar and no singing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was talking to um, Isaiah from Earthless today. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you know much about them, but their latest album uh, is three tracks. Uh, each of them are 20 minutes long and, it, and they're purely instrumental. Um, and and um, I mean, but it was just, it's an epic album. I mean, that's, that's people sort of, you know, if they can get past that, it, it doesn't need to have vocals and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, mate, there's so much joy to be yeah. had from you know, just music in itself without, you know, getting distracted by vocals and things like that. Yeah, it's something of uh, a lot of people, of course, um, yeah, they, they would just have to try it, <laughs> try to listen to instrumentals and uh people would realize <laughs> so yeah but i'm i've been to instrumental music since i was i don't know teenager so i was listening to joe satriani and steve Vai and stuff like that so 
I was actually just going to mention both of them as well because you know that was the stuff I was also brought up with, and yeah. you know, I mean, surf was an alien. I mean, I had to, there was any vocals on there at all, and dude, such an epic album. You know, I mean, I remember yeah. the first time hearing those albums, and it was just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> Awesome. So, um, for for the um your your own experience and everything, how does um music come to you? I mean, when you're uh, getting into your writing phase or whatever, however it works, you do um is it music something that comes to you and like you hear it in your head or do you see things? What is it that um how does the music come to you? I know it's a hard way way to question, but mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. Uh, I would say um, um, it, it comes as I I, I I take my guitar and I, I start to um, uh, play a little and then I start to listen to what I'm playing and then it goes uh, f forward and it goes on and I'm I'm having more the chords or melody that that is sort of come coming as I play. So I would say that's the most common common way. And um, yeah, then I usually record it or the idea, and then after a while, maybe it can take days, months, or years, and I can come up with something um, new to the idea and keep on like uh, doing some other parts to the, to the idea and then maybe decide what would be the chorus and what, what part would be the like verse and so on. So mm, I don't usually hear um, music in my head, but I hear it instantly when I start to play. So usually it oh, yeah. comes that way. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, and so... Um... <sighs> There we go. That's it. I've sort of lost my thought there now. Um, absolutely. So, what sort of um, you, you talked briefly about the instrumental dudes like Joe Satriani and Stevie Vai. Mm. Some of the other influences that um, growing up that, that sort of influenced your guitar playing, um, and, and inspired you to, to to pick up guitar in the first place. Mm. Uh, well, the first bands were Keys, Wasp, Twisted Sister, stuff like that. I would say. And then a little bit later on, I was maybe 12 or 13, uh, I was listening to Metallica and Slayer and those bands. And then when I started to be 15, 16, I started to listen to uh, maybe speed metal, maybe death metal uh, and stuff like that also. And then a little bit later, I was in my 20s, I, I started to listen more of uh, like Joe Satriani and, and Dream Theater and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, during this, I was always listening to those specific bands, but at the same time, uh, we had a group of friends that we were like metal heads. We were listening to every metal band. But those were just my favorites. <laughs> so we listened every everything, everything from Venom to I don't know Motorhead, I, every everything. <laughs> so I'm familiar with quite quite a lot of those 
nowadays i we would say classic classic stuff so so yeah but it was a different era wasn't it and it yeah. was um the, the whole music scene was different because i mean like you had to hunt it down a lot more um yeah. and i don't know what it's like there in finland but i know down here in new zealand it was really difficult to you had to import most of the music that we wanted to hear and i mean there was no internet or anything was it it was just you know magazines like kerrang and that that you know we, if we were lucky to get that imported six months after it was released yeah yeah i think if in finland we maybe the town near that i live in, in near the town we had one record shop and there was quite a good collection i would say but they were of course a bit they the releases were a bit later and mm, yeah and mm, about, about the magazines as well yeah yeah <laughs> it was quite and yeah. they were expensive so i think i used all my money on records <laughs> and magazines yeah 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 oh right. well that was it i mean it, it, it's quite uh, funny to look at how the the system how it's all changed now yeah, yeah i mean was with um you know spotify and everything there's so much music it's so difficult to 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 um you know go through it all um yeah mm. i find myself going back to the classics all too often um but that's cool um but and it's amazing how things have changed i mean you talked about records do, do you still collect records well no actually um i'm i, I think i'm too lazy i, I think Pussy, our bass player does collect records and uh, he always buys buys records and stuff like that. But um, I, I'm just I don't know. Uh, I'm I think I'm lazy. <laughs> but I hear or uh, still I hear the all the bands, you know, from from the internet or from when we are touring or have played some festivals. Uh, I I get to hear the music. So well, that's I mean access to that nowadays is um, very very easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun for um, the fans out there, especially with, with all these different variants of um, releases and all that. You know, the, the different types of um, you know, you can get blue vinyls and purple and yeah. polka dot and all these different yeah. things. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy out there. Yeah, the vinyl is coming back. Uh, I've heard <laughs> so, so. Still, I think starts to be more more strong uh, stronger than CD. I, th I think. Yeah, well, I hope so personally. I, I'd much prefer to, um, you know, have that album experience myself. I mean, uh, I don't know about you. I, I was sort of around before CDs even sort of existed, and mm. so yeah, it was like when they yeah. came along, it was yeah, this is a bit different. I, yeah. I had a tape I, before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it took a while to get used to it. <laughs> but nowadays, you know, it's all digital and everything as well, so it makes it uh, far more portable. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I've got um, to wrap it up anyway, but I've got two oh. questions before we let you go. Um, first off, any chances of you guys getting down to Australia, New Zealand um, in the next tour cycle or, or so? Mm. Well, I'm hoping there has been, of course, um, I think it was at least 10 years ago when we were there. So, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been, we have some some 
talks and dis discussions, but let's hope that sooner than later we are going to be there as well. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's tough times out there. Really yeah. hard to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and one last question for you before we let you go, and that is uh, words of advice for young musicians. Um, um, well, um, I think I would say that um, you have to have um, a lot of patience and don't give up. And the, I think there's no wrong notes, <laughs> just, you know, choices. And, and um, if you practice hard, you will get there. And um, I would say that ne never like... Don't give up. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. This section we were lucky enough to talk to Isaiah from the band Earthless. Uh, because the interview goes so long, unfortunately we will not be able to play any music to accompany it, but um, the interview itself is well worth it, and the new album is absolutely fantastic, so spend some time and check it out. Anyway, without further ado, we'll kick straight into it with Isaiah from Earthless. G'day, we're talking with Isaiah from the band Earthless. They're about to release their newest album on January 28th, that's two days away, Night Parade of 100 Demons. Mate, you must be fully excited to finally have this piece out. Yeah, it's nice to get a new record out, something that we're proud of, and yeah, I can't wait. can't wait for this day to come. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So it, it's three times 20-minute um, tracks, roughly, um, the title track being a two-parter, which is basically 40 minutes worth of music. How do you manage to write something like that? Um, I think that in our approach with that, it feels like there's a lot of open parts that um, lend itself to, you know, improvisation and, and, and kind of trying to fit a little story into each section. So we just, we play it until it feels right. Um, and length is is not uh, a hindrance or anything. It's like if it wants to be long, we'll make it long. If it wants to be really short, we'll keep it short. So, you know, we just get in the room and ideas come and we, we just workshop them and, you know, mold them in different ways to find what feels best. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of takes form and, and just put it together. 
Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of pieces like this because, you know, it just takes you on such a journey. I mean, I've been lucky enough to listen to the whole album, and, dude, I mean, it is a trip and a half. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I really enjoy that. So, um, you know, it wasn't meant to be a, <laughs> anything against it or anything. Because, I mean, one of my first records that I ever got given was Iron Butterfly, and that uh, nineteen-minute piece of music was, you know, just unbelievable, and it just, you know, takes you on such a trip, you know. And, and it's it's great to hear that that music is still well and alive. That's absolutely brilliant. So, could you tell us a little bit about the inspiration for the the tracks, um, the Night Parade of One Hundred Demons? I mean, I understand this comes from a story, a Japanese story. Is that right? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? the more 
you know, just kind of our own interpretation. But it was it was a lot of fun to to kind of redirect how we were putting the song together. Um, you know, to kind of go tell a story, tell this story musically. Well, that, that's awesome because that was one of the things I was going to ask you about was converting the story into a musical form. I mean, how do you guys go about that? I mean, you said you guys had already sort of half created the stuff and then you got the story and it sort of helped you focus a bit more and all that sort of stuff. How does how did you go about sort of, you know, creating those soundscapes and all that? I mean, because uh, once again, I've listened to the album and I read the story beforehand about how you what you guys had come up with and all that and you could hear it in the music but for the listener how, how do you find how do you do that i i mean i think it was just just we did it um but it felt like we had the big chunk of um you know like the main riffs we had that and tying that in together um and we were looking for a bridge to kind of go into this whole middle section, this mellow middle section where it's like everyone's hiding now and there's the demons are parading down the street. You know, we, Mike brought in the, the, the first Earthless version and we attached it to that part. So it, it was just kind of like, it, it wasn't a lot of work. It wasn't a lot of thought. It just, the song really came together pretty, uh, pretty easily and effortlessly. It all just, started making sense I mean the only thing I thought of like is in the beginning you know before it gets really heavy uh, is just kind of having this like peaceful serene you know atmosphere you know in, in a major key where where the meat and potatoes of the song is all minor key very dark and then kind of you know more evil sounding or whatever but the beginning is like very major and you know, trying to be very pretty and pastoral and beautiful, painting a nice sunset picture of this village going to sleep or having dinner or whatever. Um, so it's just kind of like, like thinking like that. I was like, well, okay, what happens before the demons show up? It's like, you know, like anything before any hell breaks loose, everyone's kind of business as usual, living their regular life. So I just wanted to paint, really paint that picture of just like a serene, beautiful place. And then like, kaboom like yeah. all of that has just changed in an instant like how any traumatic event happens you know just out of nowhere it just it changes so um it was just it's just kind of like that you know just trying to i guess we saw the saw the uh, story pretty well and we were just able to kind of piece things together and, and, and complete the story uh, musically Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, because you definitely pick up those vibes and you understand that. I mean, from listening to Oaks, it's like almost the first seven minutes of the track is that, that quiet bit that you talk about and then it suddenly kicks in just before seven-minute mark where it starts to beef up and you, and you can get that parade sort of sense and the marching sort of sound and all that sort of thing. I, mean, I was just sort of wondering how you could sort of translate that and how it becomes the music because, you know, most people sort of just sit there and they sort of disregard how you even translate that process, you know, in your mind and all and into your hands and in, through to the instrument. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that you know when I'm playing guitar with the guys, I try to imagine feelings or scenery or whatever 
they kind of play with that tension of of you know uh, trying to create beauty of of uh, you know life around you or what's beautiful in life and also try to create what's painful in life musically. So I think it's just a matter of, of expressing, just trying to trying to take in what these emotions, these feelings, sensations would be, what they feel like, and and turn it into music, turn it into a, a musical feeling. And, uh, yeah, just try to convey and paint that picture of what it is that I see or what what the band sees, what we all see, you know, just trying to trying to paint that picture. I don't really, like, I don't know, I haven't really thought about it too much. It's just something that just feels, feels right, like, to, to paint in pictures, to paint in moods, to, um, just to, to express and, and convey, you know, whatever it is we want to convey or whatever it is we're feeling. Uh, yeah, I don't know, that's, <laughs> yeah. It's clear, like, on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's a difficult um, sort of thing to a uh, question to ask. I, I can understand that, and I mean for yourself, you know, it's just something that you do. You probably don't consciously think about it, but you know, for I, I'm a, on the other end. I'm the listener. So. Sorry. Oh yeah, it's just yeah, just like, I mean, think of a mood, and it's like okay. Feel this mood. Now try to convey that. Express yourself what that mood is. It's, and uh, you know, it's just and that's it's just like that. Yeah. For, for me, it's like that. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I gotta think about it because I don't. I, to yeah. me, that's just that's just how I approach it. And uh, yes. it just feels. That's just, yeah. That's how it goes for me. Oh mate, that, that, that's absolutely brilliant. So, could you tell us a little bit about the writing and recording process? I mean, I understand there was some some interesting timings around how that all kicked off and that. Yeah, I mean, I I drove down. I moved back down to San Diego uh, on the day of the lockdown, the first lockdown, and yeah, I got down here, and I mean, I was. We don't know. We didn't. No one knew anything about coronavirus or what it was. Actually, we had, no one had any clue. So uh, I was coming down here, and I was expecting to start playing with the guys pretty soon. But like, oh, I can't see my family, or I can't see anybody for two weeks until you know. So you know you're not sick, and it's like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. And, and then no one wanted to get together. There's no vaccine, so it was really a weird time for I know the world. Well, yeah, for us, like, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was, uh, it was weird. I think it built up some tension and frustration, but when it was time to finally get together when we could, the music just started coming. It was, it was, uh, we were all very excited, and it felt great to play music with your friends again and just play music with a, another person again. And, uh, yeah, it just started happening. The music just started coming out. We weren't expecting to write a record whatsoever. It wasn't on the agenda. It was just, we're just there to play. It was like, 
We're not playing any gigs. Let's go do it. <laughs> so, yeah, and the recording process was, was fun. It was with our buddy Ben Moore in San Diego, who Mario's worked a lot with. I've worked with a little bit. But, yeah, we all know Ben, and he's a rad dude. And um, The studio was fantastic. Uh, a place called uh, Singing Serpent in San Diego. So it was convenient. We were all here in San Diego. We could all go back home after the session for the day. And it was it was great. And yeah, we, we tracked in a, I don't know, tracked and mixed in like six or seven days maybe. And yeah, it was, it was just a great, fast experience. We went in we were well prepared knowing exactly what we wanted to do and what we wanted it to sound like. And <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. How much of the 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 material for this album uh, is written down, or how much of it is sort of just like uh, loosely described as improv and, and jammed? How mu- how much of it is that way? I mean, going out live and playing the songs. I mean, uh, is, how's that going to work? <laughs> on our mood. Yeah. Um, but everything is set in stone. Nothing's really changed in there. And the same kind of goes with Night Parade. Like, all the open sections where it's just open, like the, the first two pieces of the intro before it gets heavy, that could take, you know, a little bit longer time, especially the very first piece. Yeah. And then once the band starts kicking in, there's like a long solo section. That could extend as, as long as we want. So it, there's sections that are going to breathe more um, live than in the studio because when we've played it live, we've got we've talked over an hour most of the time. Um, wow. But we have, you know, uh, record constraints to, to meet both sides of the LP. Yeah. So, yeah, we, you know, we condensed it a little bit, but, you know, but enough to make us happy, not not overdo it you know we still feel like we said what we wanted to say on the record but live it's like yeah we 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 enjoy the live setting more than anything because yeah we can we're in control up there it's our it's our time you know on that stage so we're gonna play it how we want to play it stretch it out 
the, the way the song is structured, that's not going to change. But, you know, there's just parts that are going to get stretched out. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant, um, mate. A lot of people are like that. <laughs> oh mate, that's fantastic! Any um, chance you guys are going to be able to do like a release show or anything? And are you going to do like um, sets where it's just going to be this particular album or anything like that? Yeah, uh, we were supposed to do shows this weekend um, to coincide with the album being released, but we've had to postpone everything due to COVID. Oh, Fans will be wanting to hear anyway, so <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant, mate. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I hope so. Excellent. You guys have been um, regular visitors down to Australia and all that. Um, any uh, chances of you guys getting down here any stage shortly? I mean, I know it's extremely difficult with this whole COVID thing. And and what about a jump over to New Zealand? That's always good to hear. (laughs) Absolutely awesome news, mate. Anyway, I've only got a few moments left before we let you go. Um, First off, how much strategy have you had to change with this whole COVID thing? I mean, how how badly has that affected you guys? Have you guys just been able to stumble through and and being the album, uh, working on the album, has that been allowing you to focus rather than sort of, I mean, I know some bands are really struggling out there at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's hard for everybody, 
you know, you expect, it's just what we're used to, and it, it was how, you know, that was our, if you want to call it a job, that was how, that was our job, that's how we made our income. Yep. Um, and grateful, grateful to do so, so fortunate and grateful to, for that to be our case, but yeah, with everything down, and you know, it's the, the double-edged sword of, of yep. the entertainment business, uh, so it's been, it's been hard, you know, we have, you know, everyone's having to get creative and make it work, but I mean, we're making it work, and um, as soon as the opportunity to playing, for playing out and touring is back, we're all in the position to just get right back on the horse and go do it, so, um, yeah, it, it has its stresses, you know, and especially if you're, you know, I haven't been uh, this far from touring in, in my life, so, and well, until before I was a kid, before I started doing touring, and that's with everybody else, too, so it, it took some getting used to after doing it for yeah. 15, 20 years. Consistently, it's like, oh, whoa, we're taking a two-year break. Holy shit, that's weird. It's, um, yeah. uh, it's, it's had to been difficult i think psychologically there's something to it you know and i think yeah. that's for everybody that's affected um in one way or another with everything that's been going on so yeah it's uh, it's, it's interesting we get to see what we're made of <laughs> we sure do don't we in different ways than, than form. yeah so it's it's i i feel like there's stuff to learn from all of it but yeah it's, it's been hard but you just gotta That's right. I mean, everybody loves live music, man, and so yeah, it's gonna happen, and hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agree. absolutely. I can't wait. I, it's happening here. Like live music going on here. Like there's there's shows, and I've got to see some amazing shows, and I've never like been so stoked to see live music. The ones that I have, the shows that I've had, and just like feeling the energy of everybody, like the collective, yeah, exuberant and joy and bliss of like the music again live music just fucking people flying sweat shoes all over the place like <laughs> fucking amazing like yeah, there's nothing like a live music experience if there's a kick-ass live band in particular fuck there's nothing better it's amazing that's right so it's a special place yeah. alright <laughs> fuck yeah it's, it's, it's beautiful support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and uh, the latest new releases brought to you by NPR Battle of Two Peoples Radio. And for this section of the show, we were lucky enough to talk to Nora from the band Battle Beast. Uh, before we do have the interview, we're going to play a track, and then we will play another track after it. First off, we're going to play a track, Wings of Light, 
Uh, this is off the new album, and then we will play the track Where Angels Fear to Fly at the uh, conclusion of the interview.
talking with Nora from the band Battle Beast. They've just released their newest album, Circus of Doom, uh, the 21st of January, which was last Friday. You must be excited to finally have it out. Yes, I'm very, very, very excited, and I'm so happy how well people have received the album. And I just, you know, of course, you can always hope that if you like your, you know, music and we have put, you know, our heart and soul into this album and then, you know, it's been just great to see how how much people like the album as well. Oh, mate, that's absolutely fantastic. So you guys have released uh, four singles and four music videos so far. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about those? Uh, yeah, well, of course... Again, we wanted to, you know, we always want to surprise people, but also uh, we had some new collaborations uh, while doing the music videos. Like, for example, uh, we had uh, a collaboration with Patrick Ullaus uh, from Sweden for the first time. Uh, uh, and it was like I, I got to know him uh, while I was featuring in in Hammerfall's song, uh, so and so it was like okay, uh, this is a guy that I really want to work with, and I suggested that we could do this Wings of Light music video with him, and I think he he did a great job, and and yeah, so but. My favorite moments have been definitely when we did Where Angels Fear to Fly, and my request was that I really want to fly. <laughs> yeah. So, so when they made it uh, with the Legenda TV, uh, the production made it happen. I was super, super happy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and it, it's been it's been great uh, preparing for this, you know the release of this album because we've had more you know budget to do it and and also we've had great photographers uh, to you know make the new promo photos and everything so it's been it's been great times oh that's awesome i mean making the videos and everything how much involvement in the stories do you guys get to it i mean you said you were asked that you could fly and that they helped to do that I mean, how much of the stories do you get to do or is that something that like the, the directors and producers and all that sort of carry on come to you with well uh we have decided that uh the songwriter you know for example um depending on who is the song of this particular songs uh, songwriter will say will you know be in in the most contact for the director and and you know to the director and and also say the final say uh, because it's always you know very personal for the songwriter the, the yeah. actual song so uh, but of course I've given some ideas and I've I always always talk to the director like uh, okay so first I listen what what the director has said and what they have been talking with the songwriter and then I give my you know ideas like okay you can use this if you want to if it's okay, if if it fits your idea so it's it's collab collaborative uh, 
thing. So it's like, but definitely uh, the, you know, for example, if when Janne has written Master of Illusion and then then he wanted to do this, uh, this music video with Legend TV. So then, then he was, you know, talking with the director from there. And then, then uh, after that, when, when Janne was kind of uh, uh, satisfied, then I was talking with the director and gave my ideas. And then we had the last negotiation with the director and Janne and, and got it, you know, uh, locked. <laughs> oh man, that, that, that's cool. So could you tell us a little bit about the, the writing and recording process and was there much difference this time around? I mean, I can imagine the COVID effect would have had a pretty big impact on it. Uh, well, not as much as we could think <laughs> because we always do, when we make uh, the recordings, we uh, we record separately the instruments. So we always start with the drums and the bass, and then we go to the guitars. And uh, during this making of this album, uh, we did the same thing. But but what was different, and it was definitely a good thing, was that we actually had time to do this album, like we had. <laughs> when the yep. pandemic lockdown started, uh, it was, you know, that we could totally focus on making on this album and not, you know, touring at the same time. Because that's the case been, you know, since 2012 or even longer. But, you know, in what I recall, when I started in this band, it's been like eight years for touring and making the albums and not having a break. So this time yeah. we definitely was in need for a break because we had been, you know, in the tour bus together all these years. And and it was very good mentally for everyone to, you know, spend time with their family and friends and, and gain power again, this positive energy. And also, uh, you know, have time, like proper time to to make the album and the songs and everything. So I think that's also one of the, you know, biggest reasons this, this album is, you know, sounds like it does. And we had more time to, you know, put more effort to the production and all the songs. Oh, that's cool. So could you tell us a little bit about the lyrical themes and all that sort of stuff? I mean, do the guys come to you with the music um, and no. some lyric ideas, or do they just come <laughs> no, to you with the No, no, the songwriters always write their lyrics as well, and I really want, uh, I, and I really want that to be that way, and and it's it's totally cool. And my role is to be the storyteller and the performer, and that's the you know it's a great responsibility to you know tell the stories that the guys have have to tell. But we have like Janne, our keyboard player and producer. Then our lead guitarist, Jona, and uh, our bass player, Eero, who are the songwriters in the band at the moment. And and I'm more than happy to, you know, to be the one who is telling the stories for them, but not writing the stories. <laughs> and, and, the, and the, yeah, and the thing is that, and I don't even, I don't, I don't feel ashamed that, 
uh, heavy metal songs doesn't come naturally as a songwriter from me. You know, if, if I start to write a song, there comes blues and rock and country and soul music. So it doesn't, it doesn't uh, fit so much in, in Battle Beast. So I, I definitely want to kind of keep it, keep it simple and, and uh, you know, have the guys write the songs. And I can and I feel like I'm at my best uh, in heavy metal. I'm at my best when I when I can interpret the songs. Oh, that's awesome. So um, with that, I mean, what's it like when these guys bring these songs to you? I mean, it must be quite a buzz having, um, you know, the music that they create for you to then go and um, sing. It's uh, it's great because uh, when we start, uh, you know, when we start demo sessions and there is this, you know, newborn in front of you, and it's kind of raw still and, and kind of not it's not it's not finalized yet it's like yeah. in the demo sessions you always it's it's like the beginning of the of the songwriting i think because they always have to test the song with my voice if it doesn't work then it's gone you know <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't work with my voice it's gone so oh. So it's always like that. We test the song, does it work with my voice? And then then it, it, then it, we actually, if it works, then it's like, okay, now we can start polishing this song and the arrangements and the lyrics and the stuff like that. And, and it's so great to, you know, um, in, in that po- point of view as well, it's, it's very... Uh, great to be singing these songs because uh, you know as a guy that it's not so easy to talk and tell emotion you know bring out your emotions <laughs> necessarily it's- so so when the guys write the songs and they they bring out their their thoughts and and emotions and sen- how sensitive they might be it's mm-hmm. it's an honor for me you know to be the one who is interpreting their feelings or their thoughts. Oh, that's it. I must make it quite personal there too, as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, that's absolutely- And I always, yeah, and I always ask before um, I start, you know, doing the recordings. I need to know the the backstory of the song, and. And, uh, you know, because I need to get this emotional attachment to the song. But if they don't have or they don't want to tell me the, the actual backstory, what's behind the song, then it, uh, it's a little bit harder for me. But then I always uh, make up some kind of, you know, uh, imaginary story or I, I try to, you know, get some kind of story from my life uh, to attach to the song. That's awesome. So it's almost like getting into character. Exactly. Oh, that's very, very cool. Thank you for that insight. Um, So did you guys get to do a release show or anything like that? And and are you guys able to get touring soon? I mean, I don't know what it's like over there in Finland and, and, and through Europe at the moment. Well, unfortunately, we didn't 
uh, have uh, opportunity right now to do a release show, but we made uh, just on the release day, we did this um, live stream hangout in our Facebook page. And you can still see it uh, from Battle Beasts uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's like one hour and a half um, long. <laughs> um, this got a talk show where we, you know, talk about the album and we celebrate, we toast, uh, we talk to the uh, participants, to the audience, and people could comment there and give us feedback and let us know what are their favorite songs from the album. And, Etc. And then we did also two acoustic versions of the new songs in the album. Like we did uh, Master of Illusion and Eye of the Storm uh, in acoustic way. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And then we also, uh, uh, we had two CDs to, you know, uh, you know, we signed them and then people could send us mail and then we figured out who's going to win, who two persons are going to win the, the albums uh, to send back home. So that was fun as well. That's awesome. So how much has um, social media and, and that sort of thing um, become a part of the, I guess, the marketing strategy or the way you guys have to do things now? I mean, having to do live streams and all that to be able to get out there. I mean, it must be fun, but, uh, yeah. How much of it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's been like very very important part of this job <laughs> for for before even the pandemic started, but but especially now when when uh, we are so isolated from our fans and everything. So it's been very important to keep keep contact through the social media and and let people know that we haven't disappeared anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a two-way street, too, isn't it? I mean, it must be pretty rewarding for you when you guys get to do something like a live stream and you'd get that instant feedback as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's I really love to be in contact with the fans. So, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's great to have the social media. But, of course... You can understand that there's so much happening in the social media, so it's like it can be pretty overwhelming sometimes. And and <laughs> and I'm I'm like a nature's child, so it's like sometimes I need to just have two weeks off <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the social media and go to go to some go into the woods and and be in a cottage without electricity or water and just you know uh, meditate and. <laughs> <laughs> take care of my health. Oh, well, that's it. Sometimes you've just got to do that. <laughs> I can perfectly understand. Yeah. Especially in this current COVID environment. I mean, uh, the, how's the, the, the no touring thing, guys, uh, affecting you guys? I mean, that, uh, most people sort of think of the financial side, but it's there's also the other side, like you talk about the, I mean, there's the mental health side. I mean, you guys have had your time off, but you'll be aching to get out there. Yeah, of course, it has affected us uh, financially, and and also you you know, uh, for example, during the release uh, day when we were having the live stream hangout, our bass player Ero had COVID, so he couldn't participate. Um, you know, um, 
uh, live uh, at the studio where we were. But then he was fortunately uh, he only had like the 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 symptoms were like he felt like he was in a flu. So so he could participate through through his computer. So that was really nice. But you know it's like of course I hope no one gets uh seriously sick when they get the covid if they get it and yeah i just hope that this pandemic kind of starts to melt down and we could start you know the normal life but for for now we just have to try to survive and for example for me how to survive through these times is that i actually coach singing and performing and i'm starting a Uh, this live stream uh, coaching uh, so if there is anyone who is interested in uh, to know my secrets how I'm <laughs> why how I'm singing this way and how how to perform the way I do then just uh, you know follow my social media and I will announce as soon as possible about this event oh that's a fantastic idea Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would love to see that sort of thing, and um, I, I'm sure you can be a great leader um, for some of these uh, young people that are wanting to get into music and and things yeah. like that. Exactly. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. Oh, well, I've only got a few minutes left with you before we let you go. So, um, with that, I've got one question left for you, really, and that would be um, words of advice for young musicians. It kind of leads off what you were just talking about. Yeah, well, uh, besides that, <laughs> that you should definitely join the 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 live stream coaching when when it starts. But also, I want to tell everyone who wants to, you know, who pursues uh, to be an artist or, you know, even you know, just want to perform their music or just performing and singing and whatever, just be ready to work your ass off. And believe in yourself and don't let anyone to put you down. Mama.